Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Double Elvis. Does Indianapolis have more mean nicknames than any other American city? End of No Place, Indian No Place, and of course, Naptown. All these seemingly derogatory designations evoke a city characterized by sleepiness, a lack of culture, an absence of vitality, none of which rings true, especially if you spent any time in Indy, the nickname most locals prefer lately. Are these monikers as mean as they seem, though? Take Naptown, which simply pulls out the fourth symbol in Indianapolis for emphasis. It sounds almost musical, Naptown. In fact, it was coined and popularized by jazz and blues musicians of the 1920s, most likely as a term of endearment. And its earliest known usage is recorded in song Naptown Blues by influential blues pianist Leroy Carr. Indianapolis in the 20s had a major and thriving blues scene. The city was a key railroad hub and a favored destination for many African Americans who fled the South for northern cities in the Great Migration. Listen to Carr's song. He doesn't make it sound like a sleepy town. Not at all. Nobody knows old Naptown, baby, like I do. If you will stop and listen, I will tell you a thing or two. When you get lonesome and you want to have some fun, you just grab a train and try old Naptown, son. When you get to Naptown, the blues won't last very long because they have their pleasure and they sure do carry on. I would rather be in Naptown than any place I know. I can get my ticket and stop by the Walter Show. I'm going back to Naptown, baby, don't you want to go? Because there ain't nobody knows old Naptown like I know. At first approach, it looks like it would be easy to know every corner of old Naptown well. Indianapolis has a tiny urban skyline but it occupies a huge amount of land, 368 square miles spread across the middle of Indiana. 
It is significantly more massive than Chicago, but with only 800,000 residents, it represents a small fraction of the Windy City's population density. There are around 2,400 people per square mile in Indy, compared to over 12,000 per square mile in Chicago. What I'm trying to say is there is space in this place and tons of it. There's room for big stuff like the Gamebridge Fieldhouse, home to the Pacers, and Lucas Oil Stadium, which hosts the Colts for home games and also hosts NCAA tournaments, major conventions, and mega concerts. Think Guns N' Roses. The gorgeous Hinkle Fieldhouse on the Butler University campus, a national historic landmark and home to Butler's men and women's basketball and volleyball teams, and the site of the championship game in the 1986 film Hoosiers. And I don't need to tell you that people who live in Indiana are called Hoosiers, right? I don't need to do that. We're, we're, we should be clear on that. Some people call the Hinkle Fieldhouse Indiana's basketball cathedral, which seems appropriate because basketball is basically a religion here. And let's not forget the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, home to the Indianapolis 500. There's space for more than just sports, though. The Children's Museum of Indianapolis is the world's largest children's museum. The Indianapolis Museum of Art sits on a sprawling 152 acres of gardens, wetlands, and nature trails. And the White River State Park stretches across 250 acres in downtown Indy. There's a big-ass state park downtown downtown you will also find the state capitol building many of the above name athletic venues and a thriving restaurant and bar scene downtown indy has been significantly perkier since the city hosted the super bowl in 2012. that influx of cash and status still shines beyond downtown indianapolis boasts a long list of neighborhoods worth exploring including the very nearby mass ave which is lined with bars and shops and public art and there's the current hipster capital of Indy, Fountain Square, just south of downtown, an area distinguished by restored older buildings and millennial small businesses. You'll be hearing a lot more from Fountain Square in this episode. You'll find cultural districts north of downtown too, including Broad Ripple, a self-contained village in itself with sweet mid-century houses and plenty of places to eat, drink, and hear music. Okay. But the thing about Indy is there's all this expanse of space, yet the place feels like a small town in the best ways. Easy to grasp and navigate, exceedingly friendly. Rents are low and quality of life is high. It's an approachable city full of approachable people, where it's easy to feel connected, easy to get around, easy to park, compared to most cities. And where culture feels accessible and malleable. If you want to try something, here's a city that has, well, the space. And this spaciousness has fed a thriving music scene. Think you can't name an indie band or artist? Think again. The Vulgar Boatman, Zero Boy, Toxic Reasons, Margot and the Nuclear So and So, Babyface, Sloppy Second, Buddy Montgomery, David Baker, John Hyatt, Lily and Madeline, The Four Fresh, The Ink Spots, The Pieces, West Montgomery, Freddie Hubbard, Blind Melon, JJ Johnson, Jimmy Coe, Leroy Carr, and Oreo Jones. There is no need to fret about banging your head against an impenetrable wall of capital C culture in Indianapolis. This city can accommodate experiments. It's the perfect place to test drive your crazy ideas. That's what Greg Brenner did back in 2000 when he convinced the proprietor of the Melody Inn, a circa 1935 dive bar with old school vinyl boots, an original oak bar, 
to let him schedule a Saturday night showcase for punk bands. Greg was frustrated that the national punk bands he loved were driving through or around Indy on their tours, and he dreamed of making a place for them to stop, find a welcoming audience, and build a following. The proprietor said yes to one Saturday. 23 years later, Punk Rock Night is a local institution in the longest-running weekly punk showcase on the planet. We have Punk Rock Night babies now, says Greg. PRN is also a not-for-profit organization that provided financial support to the Melody Inn during COVID. When a touring band's bass amp was stolen, PRN came through with a grant. Here's a trend you'll notice. There's an assumption wrapped into every major music endeavor in this city that art is inextricably tied to civic responsibility and philanthropy. Indianapolis rapper, songwriter, MC, and local hero, Oreo Jones, exemplifies this weaving of art, philanthropy, and ambitious entrepreneurship. He runs a community radio station, performs an Indianapolis rap trio, Bless, which is actually written 81355. You know, the fives are S's at the end, the eight is a B. And he created a one-day hip-hop festival in 2015 called Treese. That's cheers plus peace. Treese was on hiatus during the pandemic and made a highly anticipated return in the summer of 2023. Thousands of young hip-hop fans who previously had no platform and no voice overtook Fountain Square, which, as stated, is one of the city's biggest cultural districts. For a city of this size, the number of small to mid-sized venues in Indy is astonishing, and people keep opening new ones, many of them humming and thriving. Take High Five, another fixture in Fountain Square neighborhood. High Five was opened by Josh Baker in 2012 and quickly rose to become one of Indy's top venues, hosting big-name local acts and touring bands from Martin Sexton to the Mississippi All-Stars to Juliana Hatfield. When March 2020 came crashing down and every venue in the world became endangered, Josh quickly took action, formed a coalition of venues and successfully kept himself and other places afloat through city grants until federal money came along. Later that year, he erected an outdoor bar and stage made out of shipping containers and dubbed it the Hi-Fi Annex, and they managed to stay afloat. He's beyond afloat now. Last summer, the booking company that Josh co-founded launched Wonder Road, a major music festival in Garfield Park, one of the city's most beautiful and beloved outdoor spots. Indie residents have wondered if their small town big city would ever be home to a high profile music festival. It looks like the answer is yes. This year, Weezer and Jason Isbell headlined. This is a yes kind of city, where good ideas and good intentions have the potential to rewrite the scene. It's a great place to start a business, says pretty much everyone who has ever started a business here. And as a result, there's a lot in Indy that is new. Should we nickname it India New Place? Ah, oh, that's a horrible dad joke. But let's see what we can find. But I gotta introduce myself first, right? I gotta say what this is and where we are and where we're going and why. So this is Sound of Our Town. This is episode three of season two. I'm Will Daly. Uh, I'm an artist, touring musician. Apparently, I have a podcast about live music that you are listening to right now. Because now more than ever, if robots are taking over and the mass media of which we all participate in is so noisy, we might have to lean on just a little bit more that tried and true practice of being in a room together and listening to all these sound waves emanating off of the stage. 
And that's why Sound of Our Town is here. And that's why you're here. And that's why I can't do it without you. And that's why I'm grateful for your ears. And that is why we are going to Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, new town. But wait a second. Let's start in the beginning. Because there's a lot of indie that's old too, including some of the very best places. Take, for example, the Red Key Tavern, established in 1933. And they haven't changed the 45s and the jukebox much since then. Rock and roll never happened to this jukebox. That's how old it is. But you wouldn't miss it in here. The iconic sign outside the Red Key welcomes customers with a neon martini glass in the blinking musical notation to the first four notes of how dry I am. Inside, the place is careworn, low-key, a comfortable neighborhood bar. This should be your first stop in Indy. Here is where you will get a feel for the vibe of the city. It is a central location in Dan Wakefield's 1970 novel, Going All the Way. And Kurt Vonnegut, Indianapolis' favorite son, is reputed to have been a regular here. It's a place where mayors and governors still hang out. A longtime bartender says that half of the business in this city is done at the Red Key. Maybe it's because you can hear yourself think. It's a bar where you can comfortably carry on a conversation. Or maybe it's because of the potato salad, which you should definitely order if they have it. They always run out. It's that good. The burgers are routinely voted the best in Indianapolis, too. A friend of mine calls them mom burgers. There's nothing on tap. They don't take credit cards, and they don't like swearing. Bring cash and watch the potty mouth, and let yourself be charmed by a city where it can be easy to just be. Not everything has to be hard. Enjoy your potato salad and quietly tap your toes to a Glenn Miller 45. You get your sustenance and your perspective for Naptown if you start here. And you wash that mom burger down with an old man cocktail. Welcome to Indianapolis. Now let's stick with the old just a little bit longer. The Marat Theater, near downtown in the bustling Mass Ave neighborhood, is these days the people's listening room, a 2,000-seat concert hall that sounds fantastic no matter where you sit, and that hosts an incredibly eclectic roster of theater and music. Upcoming shows include Bonnie Raitt, Fleet Foxes, in the touring production of Hamilton. But it has a more exclusive and esoteric background, Housed in a spectacular Masonic temple that opened in 1910, and that is still owned by the Marat Shiners, the ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the Mystic Shrine. Mystic that I was able to say all that, actually. But it's the Marat that pops out. An architectural jewel designed to resemble a Moorish mosque with towers, minarets, and terracotta trim. It's named after one of Napoleon's generals in his Egyptian campaign, and appropriately, the theater's smaller venue the adjoining Egyptian room features hieroglyphics and Egyptian murals. In the Egyptian room, you'll find more alternative acts like The Descendants and Big Thief, as well as touring comedians like Sam Morrill and Tim Heidecker. The temple was originally used to house Masonic meetings and rituals, but it was also a public space in its earliest days, hosting theatrical productions and illustrious visiting dignitaries. Winston Churchill gave a speech here in 1932. I imagine that room sounded as good filled with Churchill's eloquence as it does filled with music today. The drinks are overpriced. The food is terrible and overpriced. This is not a place for eating and drinking and talking to your friends. You go to be still, 
and you go to listen. You can find something good to eat or drink later. This is a site of sonic reverence, with traces of spiritual reverence still very much intact. It's a two-minute walk from the splendor of the Murat to the sacred diviness of the Chatterbox Jazz Club. A 900-square-foot bar strung with Christmas lights, black-and-white checkered Indy 500 flags, and banners celebrating the new year still hanging in early summer. Ask the bartender for a Sharpie, and she'll hand it right to you so you can sign your name on the bar, on the wall, in the bathroom, on the door, or on the weird fridge sitting in the back of the room. Everybody does it. Mick Jagger did it one night in 1989 when he stopped by with Ron Wood. The Chatterbox features live local jazz every night of the week and has been a crucial indie hotspot since the mid-1980s. In this warm and cozy room, you can hear a revolving lineup of older, established local jazz musicians supported by a steady stream of talented newcomers. Thanks in part to the proximity of Butler University and Indiana University both with renowned music schools and strong jazz programs. Remember Wally's in the Boston episode. The Chatterbox doesn't book bands in the typical way. They ask you to come by, sit in, get acquainted with the owner and manager and regular musicians. It's a place where you never know who might show up and sit in. Musicians frequent this place. And if you let on that you play an instrument, you should expect to be called up to join the band for a tune or two. Historically, the Chatterbox was no cover on the weeknights. But here's the thing. They almost didn't survive the pandemic. In order to stay in business, they took on some debt. And the owner implemented a $4 cover charge on weeknights to help towards recovery. If you're a musician, the cover is only two bucks. But believe me, it's worth it. The loss of this place would have been devastating to the city's music scene. And you can't leave the house now without spending $50. Four bucks. Fork it over and thank your lucky stars. Faces are melting all across India every night. Lately, there seems to be a lot of heavy bands in the city hardcore, grindcore, metalcore. People want to rock out in this city. One venue that youthful souls recommend for a face and brain melting experience is Healer which calls itself an immersive DIY art and music venue designed to be an incubator for creating and engaging with art of all kinds. Healer has a scrappy punk ethos. It is housed in a refurbished strip of industrial buildings, nestled next to a trucking academy in the least artsy-looking place you can imagine. But inside, it's a different world, a colorful wonderland of revolving art installations, bedecked with toys, trinkets, blacklight, fluorescent paint, colored bulbs, whale-themed art, a fake dragon, not to insult all the real dragons out there, and featuring a 90s-themed video arcade. No genres are excluded here. You'll hear garage bands, punk bands, metal, lo-fi, ambient. It's an all-ages venue with a bar for the over-21s, known for exceptionally friendly staff in five-star mosh pits. We now seem to have stumbled into the heart of eccentric indie. Let's hang out here a little longer. Maybe after all that moshing, we need to chill, stretch it out. How about some yoga? For that, head over to Black Circle, a micro brewery and venue that hosts live music, drag bingo, comedy, and on select Sunday mornings, death metal yoga. 
25 bucks gets you a beginning yoga class and a pint of beer. A trained yoga teacher leads the class while the DJ spins metal for the soul. Get your face melted and downward facing dog. Are you starting to get why people love this city? The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Okay, so we've gone deep into the quirky, but let's not neglect the giant elephant in the room. This is Indianapolis, home of the Indy 500. The greatest spectacle in racing, the largest single-day sporting event in the world. And it all happens in the undisputed Vatican of the city, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, also known as the Brickyard. The racetrack was formerly paved in bricks. It isn't anymore, but a narrow strip of bricks remains, and tradition demands that the race winners kiss the bricks. Literally, pucker up and kiss them. The Brickyard hosts races throughout the year, but the Indy 500 is the big one, landing on the last Sunday of May and drawing a staggering 350,000 bodies, close to half the population of the city. You might think we are straying away from our topic of music, but music is in fact integral to the race. 
Musical traditions include the ritual performance of Back Home Again in Indiana, performed before the start of the race since 1919, most famously by Jim Neighbors, who sang it most years between 1972 and 2014. Then there's the Snake Pit, a massive day-long music festival that happens concurrently with the race on a stage in the infield by turn three. Joshua Tree Festival boasts views of the park's spectacular landscapes, and Sasquatch Festival is hosted on the gorgeous Columbia River. But the Snake Pit boasts its own breathtaking view, the Indy Freakin' 500, cars roaring by at 200 miles per hour, as the organizers posted on social media, it's an EDM festival during a literal race. What's more epic than that? This year's artists included Cascade Subtronics and DJ Diesel, AKA Shaquille O'Neal. If you find yourself near the Speedway for any reason, don't miss Indianapolis favorite, the vintage fast food restaurant, Mug and Bun. Just a three minute drive from our Vatican and worth any length of drive for that matter. Park outside the mug and bun, flip your headlights quickly on and off, and a server will come take your order. No need to bother with the food. But what you really want is the root beer. It's low carbonated and possibly creamy, somehow rich, with strong vanilla and sarsaparilla notes. The owners brew it from scratch in the basement every single day, and there is no better root beer in the world, period. Your face just got melted. You need to cool off. This world can be divided into two kinds of people. Those who flock to Indianapolis for the last weekend of May, and those who assiduously avoid Indianapolis during the last week of May. If fast cars and inflated hotel prices and hundreds of thousands of drunk people isn't your thing, you might want to aim for a different time of year. Jazz Fest in early October, for example, is a slower-paced, family-friendly, two-day festival held in the McAllister Amphitheater in Garfield Park, featuring national acts, which last year included the Rebirth Jazz Band and Terry Lynn Carrington. I already mentioned Wonder Road, which lands in June, and Treese in August, but let's drift back to the fringes now. If you want to go really boutique, try Back Alley Ballyhoo in early August. A psychedelic festival hosted by one of Indy's best record stores, Square Cat Vinyl in Fountain Square. The two-day Ballyhoo occupies one outdoor stage and one inside the record store and features a mix of national and local psychedelic acts. Square Cat regularly hosts music, but also boasts an excellent cafe serving great coffee and local and regional beer. The decor is pure 70s rec room. Macrame light fixtures, wood paneled walls, checkerboard tile, and a whole lot of burnt orange. Plus an abundance of records, new and used and always tantalizing. Severely problematic for me. The biggest night of the year for local music is Tonic Ball on the Friday before Thanksgiving at five venues in Fountain Square. Each year, five bands or musicians are selected and their songs are covered by top local performers. Everyone wants to play tonic ball. Local bands jockey for a spot. All the proceeds benefit Second Helpings, a nonprofit that feeds and supports thousands of Indiana residents every day. It does it through community kitchen, food delivery, and culinary job training. Remember what I said about philanthropy? This impulse to help and give is really seeped into the culture here. 
So by filling your calendar with time this way, you benefit more than your own ears. State Street Pub isn't exactly hidden, but it sits outside one of the most populated cultural neighborhoods on an unassuming block on the city's near east side. Co-owned and operated by legendary Indianapolis music lover Jimmy Paoni, who bought the small, unpretentious bar eight years ago and books the room most nights with punk, rock, metal, and hip-hop artists. The smallish room, capacity 130, fills easily, sounds good, and is known as that very special place every music city needs, as the place where musicians play for musicians. A place to catch up, a place for those coming up on the rise, a place to showcase new material. The pub serves food too, tacos and burgers, including a vegetarian black bean burger. These hidden gems are the vital arteries of every music scene. Two things you should do before your trip, both of which will help you feel more tuned in to indie. First, read a Kurt Vonnegut book. Really any of them. But I especially recommend Player Piano, Cat's Cradle, Slaughterhouse-Five, or Breakfast of Champions. Vonnegut himself once said, All my jokes are Indianapolis. All my attitudes are Indianapolis. My adenoids are Indianapolis. If I ever sever myself from Indianapolis, I would be out of business. What people like about me is Indianapolis. Vonnegut's wryness, his sense of the ethical, his self-deprecating humor, and his stubborn streak of cranky hopefulness, even through darkness. You'll absorb it all from reading his work and carry it with you on your visit. While you're in town, make sure you make it by the two-story Vonnegut mural on Mass Ave to feel his benevolent gaze and bask in the aura of the city's beloved literary icon. Second, and I wasn't going to suggest another podcast this season other than I just want you to listen to this one and get on with your life and get out there and see some live music and participate in the living culture. But if you want, put in your earbuds and listen to the podcast Cultural Manifesto with Indianapolis DJ and journalist Kyle Long. Kyle has a deep grasp of Indiana music, past and present, and just listening to a few episodes will provide substantial context for your time in Indy. Start with the recent two-parter called the AZ of Indiana Music, or his excellent hour on women pioneers of Indiana punk, new wave, and noise music. And then your engines will be greased up for Naptown. The thing is, India New Place is an apt nickname. Indianapolis is new. It was founded in 1821. New York City was founded in 1624. It still feels like it's in the process of becoming. But that sure doesn't make it no place. In New York and L.A., they aren't done building yet, last time I checked. It brings to mind the Zen Buddhist concept of a beginner's mind. A state of being that is characterized by openness, curiosity, eagerness, and a lack of preconceptions. As the Zen monk Shonrayu Suzuki put it in his book Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind in 1970, in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities, but in the experts there are few. Indianapolis overflows with its many possibilities, which explains why there are more venues than you'd expect in a city this size. And people are always opening new ones. And it explains why there are at least four extraordinarily good record stores that stay busy and profitable. 
There's even a nonprofit organization, Musical Family Tree. It has the mission of spreading Indiana music to build a more world-recognized music scene in Indiana. There is something thrilling and inspiring about being in a place that hasn't entirely arrived and solidified, but that is so clearly engaged in the ongoing process of becoming. And one more thing. Many Hoosier Gen Xers grew up to the soundtrack of the Zero Boys, a semi-indie punk band whose influence spread far beyond the Midwest, but whose soul remains firmly rooted in Indiana. If I had to pick an anthem for Indianapolis, there are plenty of songs to choose from, including ones I've already mentioned here, Naptown Blues, Back Home Again in Indiana. We could add to the list the gizmos, the Midwest can be all right. In the Jackson Fives, I'm going back to Indiana. But these all tie for second place against the Zero Boys trying harder. We've been trying harder, harder, sings Zero Boys charismatic lead singer Paul Mayhern. For to get our way, we've been trying harder, harder, and it's gonna pay. It's a song best experienced in a full house of Hoosiers. Singing along, fists pumping. We've been trying harder, 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 harder. And that is our time in Indy. DM me if you have any questions or further suggestions. Let me know how we're doing here. I can keep this show going forever with your follows and your reviews and your word of mouth. If you want me to cover your town this season, just hit me up on Instagram at WillDailyOfficial or search Will Daily D-A-I-L-E-Y, on your favorite platform. This show got a second season because of you, so thank you for everything. If you aren't following Sound of Our Town or you haven't reviewed it, I ask you to consider doing so so that you, you know, might join this band. Sound of Our Town is a production of Double Elvis and iHeartRadio. You can also hit us up on IG at Double Elvis or Twitter at Double Elvis FM. The show is executively produced by Jake Brennan and Brady Sadler for Double Elvis. Production assistance by Matt Bowden. The show is created, written, hosted, and scored by me, Will Daly. This episode's head writer is Frida Lovesmith. Music for this episode was composed and performed by me. You can check out my songs on Spotify, Apple Bandcamp, or just come to any of my shows by going to willdaily.com. All right, we're off to the next town, the next sound. Thank you for your time. And thank you for your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.